On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. They got up and at once returned to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen. What a privilege it is to be together. And it is Easter Sunday. It's, good. it's the Sunday we celebrate the risen King. But yes, there is something on my head. So let's talk about that. Because I can get a chance. So I had a fight with a surfboard last weekend. And I lost, which has left me with a very embarrassing landing strip on my head. Which would be fine, I got told. I tried to do a blowover. What do you call that? Comb over this morning. Even tried to, it just didn't work. And with these lights, you would be, it's like those buildings that reflect the sun at you on the beach. It would be that kind of effect. So we know, we just went with a beanie. I just realized, though, it's the third service I'm wearing, and I went to one of the younger general gentlemen in the church, said, is it all right? He said, well, yeah, but let me just fix it. And he started to move it around. So obviously wasn't wearing it right. So welcome to church. I'm not trying to be the hipster pastor of Lifetime's church. That's taken by Jerry. That position is already, if you saw him in his leathers on, on Friday, you would know that position's taken. So it is good to be at church. And um, I want to read from John chapter 20. We've already heard from this amazing chapter in the book, but sometimes uh, we just stop there. It's, it's Jesus appearing to Mary, her thinking he was the gardener, and then a whole bunch of things going on. And then we see this crazy, amazing encounter where he reveals himself to the disciples and then to Thomas. Can I read from John chapter 20 with us this morning? On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said this, he show, as he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nails in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told them, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Spirit of God, as we meet this morning, I pray that Jesus, you would breathe upon every person in this room, as you did in that room, in that moment, that day. I pray those scars upon your arm, your hands, and your side would become real to each of us. A revelation of the price paid, revelation of the freedom bought, and a revelation of the healing available in you today, Jesus. 
No more the wounded church. No more the wounded believers walking around as if you didn't rise. I pray today, heal your church. Heal your people. Heal us and reveal your glory. Amen. 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 What a privilege it is to be together again. As I've said, I ended up parking down the road, had to come through the jungle gym outside, all the jumping castles. Kids started to tackle me. I said, not now, guys. I'll be back later. And, um, but the, the attack of the surfboard, let's call it an attack. When my surfboard attacked me, can we call it that? Then I'm a victim. I wasn't a victim. It was my own surfboard. And, um, but, but it sparked a bit of conversation in our family this week, especially with boys. They like scars. They're like, Dad, tell us about that one. Tell us about that one. So there's been a conversation around scars, and we've all got scars. We're standing here today. We're sitting in church listening to a gospel that deals with our scars, deals with our pains, deals with our losses. And God says, actually, we've got scars from failure in the room today. Failed marriages, failed stories, failed endeavors, failed dreams. Scars from others that inflicted pain upon us, abuse. Absent parent, hard master, hard teacher. Scars in our thinking. When things didn't go our way, they form scars and they become scar tissue that start limiting our ability for that muscle to operate, for that story to flow. That's real for all of us. We all have scars. And all our scars tell a story. This one will tell a story that accidents happen. Surface, surf, every day, people happen every day, accidents happen, but there's a God who's above it all. Here's the miracle. I'm surfing in Hamanus, and my doctor from Tableview is on the beach. And as I come into the beach with blood pouring out, there's my doctor. Can I help you? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> blood pouring everywhere. But it tells a story of accident. It's a, it's a scar that would be a little bit embarrassing for me, to be honest. It's like not the accident you wanted to happen. A little bit embarrassing that that happened to me. It's fine to happen to someone else, but it happened to me. I, I probably was on the wrong board in the wrong day and swelled it was too big for me. That's the honest story. <laughs> a little bit embarrassing. Sometimes there's scars where there's been a lack of health that needed to be fixed. For me, that's an appendix scar where there was a lack of health and the doctors had to get in and fix this. There, there's a cut under my chin here where there was a small operation, but because I didn't look after myself and I didn't treat it right, it became a bigger operation and now I have a scar. Those are where, we, where there's been a lack of health and health needed to come back. There was a wound, but it's healed. It's a scar, but it tells a story. Anybody got one of those? There are other kinds of scars. Scars where we've done it to ourselves. It's our fault. There's no other one gets glory for this one. This scar on my arm, yes, I have a few, was 120 stitches in the middle of the night in, in, in a small little hospital. They had to call the doctor out at one in the morning on a Saturday night. Why? Because I was being naughty. I was a grade 11 kid chasing after a grade 8 kid, um, and I thought he ran through what was an open cavity. Turned out the one I ran through wasn't. And as I pulled my arm back out, I ripped, uh, and the, the glass just did a wonderful thing. It was hours of taking glass out of my arm. That's another embarrassing scar. Those are the things like every time I have to go for giving bladder an injection, it's like this terrible scar. Someone's like, mm. It's like, no, okay, I don't know what the mm is. <laughs> there are other scars in life. There, there's some scars of act, sacrificial acts of love scars where you've poured out into people's lives, into people's stories, but they've left you scarred. They've left your story scarred. Maybe like my wife who carries a C-section scar from three births of three amazing boys. But for me, that's a beautiful scar. It's a scar where sacrificial love, although there was pain in the story, there's great blessing. 
But there's some stories that aren't like that. Years ago, my wife and I were traveling. We were in England, and it started to rain, so they moved all the tables from outside to inside the restaurant. Who knows, the little English restaurants don't have a lot of space. And as I watched this unfold, a waitress coming with a pot of boiling water stumbled forward, and there was a baby in a pram. The pot fell, and so she went like this. And my wife was sitting right here as boiling water poured over her side, and she started to rip the clothes off herself and try to free herself from this pain. For the waitress, a bad day at work. For my wife, a week in a burn specialist hospital, weeks of recovery, and a lifetime of a scar on her left hip that tells a story of pain. Someone else's action that landed in my life causing a scar. We've all got those too. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday. The one who heals, the one who came back and revealed himself to his disciples with his scars. I don't know about you, but if I was the resurrected king and, and, and there was so much different about him, he, he had a body that died, but now he's risen again. He will never die again. He reveals himself to Mary. She doesn't recognize him. The disciples don't recognize him on the Mass Road, and yet he comes, and the glorious king in perfection reveals himself risen alive and says, see the scars in my hands, in my sides. I think Resurrection Sunday demands us asking why. Was it just for Thomas and his doubting heart? Maybe. And I think that's who Jesus is. He might have done it just for the one. But I think he does it for us today, 2,023 years later, sitting in a church in Tableview going, God, I need to believe because these scars have become scar tissue in my life and limited my ability to live this life. This John 10, 10 life, this life and life abundant, the scar tissue gets in the way. I have scar tissue, both my hamstrings. Yes, I'm telling you all the details today. <laughs> if you ever see me navigating or, or getting to the point where I might consider sprinting, just say this, stop. Because these hamstrings aren't made to sprint anymore. They are gone. There's just far too much scar tissue. And we live in a broken world where there's scars from our own stupidity. There are scars. Some in the room here today, I know some of your scars. They might not be physical, they might be emotional, they might be relational, but they are scars. I know that there's scars in the room from sickness. I've preached and had people wearing much bigger beanies in rooms like this because of hair that was falling out because of treatment necessary. There's scars in the room from life, just accidents in life. Scars from love where you've loved and you poured out. These are real. Jesus says, like you said to Thomas, put your fingers in my side today. The resurrection king says, put your fingers in my side. Stop being religious. This isn't religion. Religion isn't touch me. Religion isn't place your hands. A religion, but relationship with Jesus says, put your fingers in my side, put in my hands today. Welcome to church. I want to tell you it wasn't a defect that those scars were there. Jesus, unlike myself, there's some scars I would love to erase. I would love to erase this one because it kept me out of sport for a long time. I'd love to erase this one because it was just stupidity. I'd like to erase this one because right now it doesn't look so good. But I can't. Jesus could have, but he chose not to. It's got to challenge us today. As we sing these songs, it's got to challenge. And I believe the scars shout today. Jesus' scars shout. The first thing that the scars shout today is Jesus knows your pain. He, we have a Savior who understands our pain. He isn't aloof 
separated from the realities of our life. It says this in Hebrews 2, for this reason, whoa, he has made, whoa, what? Wow. For this reason, he has made them fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Every scar tells a story. We told about the scars on his hands. We told about the scar on his side, but what about the scars on his head where a crown of thorn would have been placed and pushed down into his skull and that blood would have run? What about the scars on his back? As the whip, the cat of nine tails whipped down on his back with pieces of, of, of rock and, and metal and glass wrapped in the end so it would whip into his body and rip out chunks of flesh. Yes, we're talking about the risen king. He chose to keep his scar so that we could stare, we could come, we could touch, and we could find the healing that is promised. I'm praying for healing today in your life, my life, our lives. The second thing those scars shout is that he is the Lord of love. Uh, Matthew Bridges wrote a song in 1851. Anyone was there? Top of the pops, no? But you know it. It goes like this. Crown him the Lord of love. Behold his hands and side. Rich wounds yet visible above. In beauty glorified. In beauty glorified. What beauty? The scars upon his hands, upon his side. Yeah, beauty. Can there be beauty in pain? Yes. Behold the risen king. He says, I love you. Touch. I love you. Place. I love you. You think the scars on your life are going to limit you forever? No. Touch and see that I bear these scars that you could be free. They are trophies of his grace. I've met a few people who fought in battles, and they're very willing to show you their scars from battle. Not too many from my generation. We haven't fought too many battles. But some from older generations, they'll show you this battle. They'll show you this scar. When Jesus stands, he says, touch, there is a trophy of grace aspect to those, those, those scars that have to change our lives. Then on some religious action that we respond to, they are the life-giving source and revelation that this is Jesus. And he died and he rose again, but he carries our scars. When we absolve ourselves from that, we forget the cross. And thirdly, the, that the suffering was necessary. How we forget, we come sometimes, we think, well, why? It's just part of the story. No, the suffering was necessary. I'm pretty sure that the glorious head of the kingdom and all that reigned, if he could have navigated a different way to purchase your freedom and my freedom, would have done it. I don't know if, he's, if I'm anything like God, if I'm a, I'm, I'll make a plan. There was no plan. There was one plan. Death on a cross. But Jesus knew the end of the story. And Pilate stood and looked at him and said, I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. So we stand here in this moment of Resurrection Sunday and we look back and we reveal. We say, Jesus, Spirit of God, show us Jesus. What I want to read from Isaiah 53 and reveal Jesus and those scars to us today. I realize maybe some of it hey, wasn't this... Celebration Sunday, Kesha says, no, this is the celebration. What has been won is the celebration. The freedom, the life, and the healing that is available to those who would believe is the celebration. And we are called to live in it. It says this in Isaiah 53, but he was pierced 
for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds. It says he was, he was pierced for our transgressions. If you ever want to know that pronouns are important, this scripture is the most important in the world. He was pierced for our transgressions. A transgression is where you step over the line, a line you shouldn't have been stepping over. I've only been pierced once for my transgressions. It was when I was 19 years old and tried to break into the Kings Park swimming pool to have a swim at two in the morning with my mates because we thought that'd be fun. And they were all six foot. I'm coming in at just a little under 5'11". And they seemed to step over the spiky fence really easily. It was just very easy for them. Until I navigated up there and I realized these little short legs aren't quite going to make it. And as I went over, got a piercing because I was transgressing. I know it's a bad example, but I'm trying to help us. <laughs> we, we transgress when we rebel against God, His ways and His word. There's a piercing that happens. And Jesus says, I was pierced for your transgressions. I was pierced. That spear went into His side and blood and water poured. Thank you, Jesus. He says, it continues, it says, he was crushed for our iniquities. It's this Hebrew word meaning contrite, used in verse 10, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, to crush him. It's the father who was pleased to crush his son, where I should have been crushed. What does it shout? It shouts today that those who are crushed, your emotions are crushed, your relational desires are crushed, your future plans, dreams are crushed, can come before the living one, he says, because I was crushed for you so that you don't have to remain crushed. Today, God is healing. He continues, says, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. The punishment we deserve. I meet some people, sometimes they talk to me like I was born a preacher. You don't know me, man. <laughs> I was a very naughty teenager. I did very stupid things. And I got an SMS the other morning. It was a speeding fine. I looked, it was my mate who borrowed my car in December. And then 10 minutes later, another one. I thought, oh, I can pay for two. One more, one more, one more. Until there were six. The last one was too fast. I couldn't even pay for that. He had to go to court. So I'm like, my brother, you got this one. But, but Jesus says, I've got this. I'll take the punishment you deserve. And I know some people are like, ah, really? Yes, put your fingers in his sides and know that it was painful. And know that it took him. And if I could have the image of hammering my nail to a cross so that one person would see him, I would. Because it's that important. But then the promise that I want to give you today and remind us that by his wounds, we are healed. It's become a divisive scripture in church. Almost. Some saying, well, yes, and others saying, no. But I just read the Bible. And I look at Jesus, I look at what he did, and I look what he calls us to, and I've laid hands on the sick, and some have risen, and others haven't. But I take a hold of his promises today, because he is the risen king. He's not in a tomb. He's not behind a rock. The rock has been rolled away. So healing can be found in Jesus. Jesus, the Nazarene, the risen king, who says, see the scars? Look at my hands, church, today at my side look at my side healed a wound a scar but for you 
for you. Just two things more. It shouts, there are no more nails. Too many of the church walking around like the enemy's got all these nails that are from our past that we deserve. The nails were finished on that cross. And the enemy thought he had won, but the nails were done. There are no more males for your life. This is what it looks like in the Bible. The Bible says in Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation. Say no condemnation. Now you've got to believe it. No condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to be a sin offering. Why? To make you holy, set apart, not by your own ability. There was a lady years ago arrived at the front door of this church. She said, I've got a, a God-sized hole in my life. Have you got something that can fill it? And through years of encountering God in that moment and years of walking with God, God restoring, bringing healing and wholeness, ridding of depression and chaos in life, God bringing freedom. God wants to do that today. See, there are too many Christians walking around holy with holes everywhere, holes in our emotions, holes in our past. If we could just have a hole in that history of our life, God says, I've made you holy. I've set you apart by my blood. I've called you righteous. And lastly, if I can challenge us today, as we go to family lunches, hopefully, and connect with friends, make phone calls, lay down your nails. What do I mean? Jesus comes and he meets the disciples. He says, hey guys, touch, see, but know this. Those you forgive will be forgiven. He challenges, he doesn't waste time. He says, guys, the age of nails is over. The time of crucifixion is over. You don't get to receive the grace of this cross and this resurrection and what was purchased by those nails and continue to keep nails in the back pocket. That time your wife did X. That time that person disappointed you. That parent, you don't get to keep those nails one day in case you need to use them. You gotta drop them. You've got to hear the clanging of those nails on the ground so that freedom, joy, and life can invade. The gospel demands it. The risen king declares it. The blood and the scars shout it to us today. No more nails. No more nails. Stop living like there's a nail that can hold you and a nail you can hold someone else. Forgive. Is that clear enough? I want this for you. Why? Because by his wounds, we are healed. Won't you stand with me? It's the most amazing quote that I love. It says, there is not a square inch of the whole domain, domain of humanity over which Christ, the risen King, does not shout, mine, mine. He shouts, mine, over your life. He says, touch, put your fingers here, mine. Stop letting that brokenness of the past, those transgressions, those iniquities, those failures, 
determine your story and hear my cry, mine. Jesus rose from that grave to shout one thing over your life today. Say, Mark, you don't know me. I don't know you, sir. That's why that blood poured. See, I've met people who've taken life. So you've got to let the blood pour. Because it is able to heal the most broken life. And the hashtags of our lives where we live in a world that make these highlights, Jesus says, I will take on hashtag afflicted. I will take on hashtag punished. I will take on broken, beaten, bruised so that you can take on holy, righteous. I'm alive. You are mine by these wounds. You'll be healed. Can we just close our eyes for a second? I've got such faith that God wants to heal this morning. Just one more story. Years ago, my early years in ministry, I had the privilege of taking 700 kids away. In Durban, or KZN, 35 degree heat, and day, morning and night we worshipped. And I just kept noticing this young lady in the corner wearing a thick black jersey every day. Probably 15 or 16 years old. So I went to a youth leader and I said, what's the story there? She must be dying of heat. And he said, since the age of 13, there's been self-loathing, self-hate that has resulted in cutting of self. The enemy's got in. She wears the jerseys every day, every hour because of the scars that remain on that arm. And I, I remember just being broken, saying, God, why? What's the point of 700 kids worshiping if that young lady cannot be healed? If those scars cannot be taken away off her, why? Because you died and you rose again. My mate Brad Kleinsmith was leading worship on the south coast of KZN on a 35-degree summer's day. And we worshiped. And we declared one name, Jesus. That evening, she came to worship with a short sleeve shirt on, with every scar gone. No one laid hands on her. No one touched her, except for Jesus. Or maybe she touched him. God will do the same for you today. Physical scars, emotional scars. He shouts, mine. Put your hands in that side right now. If you know you need the healing touch of the risen king, if you know that, emotions, relationships, physical health, if you know you need the healing touch of the risen king, the one who can take away the scars and he says, mine, will you raise your hands to him this morning? I'd love to pray with you and God's going to do a miracle in this room. There's many people. There's many more. If you know you need the healing touch of heaven to come upon your life, raise your hands to Jesus now and allow him to heal you. Spirit of God, you are here. You're revealing the glorious risen King. Jesus, you are here and you're shouting, Mine! Touch my scars. Touch my hands. Mine! Nothing too great for the blood of Jesus. Mine! The blood that never fails. Mine! 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 